0: And welcome back to Coast to Coast, George Norrie, along with Richard Lawrence. Richard, does the Rendlesham case come up out, out in your neck of the woods much?
1: Uh, oh, it does come up, yes, uh, that's a good point. And uh, I, I was on the phone to them when it, when it was first revealed in Parliament, which was, uh, I think, in 83 over here in a question in Parliament. I phoned the base, and during my conversation with the base, it was classified, so the woman talking away was starting to talk to me about it. And then in the midstream, she had, she had to say, I can't say anymore. And that was the end of that. But no, it's a big case. And Margaret Thatcher is believed to have known about it and is, is believed to have said, um, you've got to get your facts right, but you can't tell the people. And that's according to one uh, journalist who, who knew her and had a conversation with her, wrote a book all about it. So it, it's covered in my book and it's certainly a big it's not quite roswell, but it's it's that kind of stature over in Britain overall,
0: what do you think of the uFO phenomena? what do you thinks happening
1: well I think and that this is the point, i think two well, two main things are happening i think the the extraterrestrial intelligences who are interested in this earth they're interested enough to obviously, as it would seem, play around. Uh, with with uh, craft. I mean, according to Graves, one of the witnesses, UAPs, as they now call them, have been seen in all areas where the U.S. Navy is operational, in all areas, he said. And F- Commander Fravor, as a senior as it gets, really, he said UAPs are definitely not from this earth. And if they'd been hostile, we wouldn't have been able to defend ourselves. So They are obviously doing this deliberately. They may have even allowed them to retrieve craft deliberately. And it's all leading up to people sort of getting off their backsides really and finding out the truth of the message. And this is why my book is called UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message. If it was just UFOs, as I said earlier, it would just be about a a craft. It would just be like talking about Sri Krishna's chariot instead of his wisdom. It's got to be about the message and the beings within it. And for that, you have to look at the claimants. And I I just leave people to, to form their own conclusions. I try to keep... Uh, certainly, my website, which is richardlawrence.co.uk, keeps the sort of latest developments, and people can can look at those, and they can look elsewhere, and then form their own conclusions. Uh, it's really up to them. I do think this, though. I also think that what's come out here is an attempt by government to control, always to control the agenda, and I think that's because the governments either don't have these answers as to what their message is and why they're here, or they don't want us to happen. It's one or the other. And so they don't Mm. want people looking elsewhere. That's why—because people say, well, why have they covered up? It's not just America. There are programs going on in Russia and uh, China—it's been uh, revealed—of a similar nature within their governments, say, Britain is a joke. But that's if, you know, they're telling the truth, which is very unlikely, I would say, because we know they'd lie. We know that Winston Churchill himself was lied to about flying saucers. That's come out under our Public Records Act by his science advisor. So if prime ministers get lied to, I mean, Bill Clinton has come out that he couldn't get to the bottom of Roswell. Nobody really told him. And Obama doesn't seem to know, he knows they're there, the UFOs exist, he never really got proper answers. There's something going on, and there's people behind the scenes, uh, behind governments even, who don't want us to know. So I think the next step is for people to make the effort, and there's one positive message I would put out. I do believe that every step we take towards them, they will take two towards us, they, the extraterrestrials. If governments are allowed to hide the craft they've been given, then, and we let them, then they can't come much closer. They won't interfere with us. That's my personal conclusion. That's the view of the Ethereum society. But if we are proactive, if we make an effort, if we look into it, we will find the truth.
0: Or they would have done something to us a long time ago, Richard.
1: So true so true. And all you can see from the records, you know, you can go to Elijah, definitely you can go to Moses, and as I mentioned, you can go to the Star of Bethlehem, and you can go to the one, the Buddhists have great texts as well on this.
0: How about the miracle of Fatima?
1: Exactly. That's that's an incredible case, is it not? Miracle of Fatima. Uh, This is, you know, I'm not going to say every great, miraculous spiritual happening is linked to UFOs. I think that's another mistake that can get made also on the negative side with people's uh, unpleasant experiences they attribute it to aliens when it may well not be aliens at all and I, uh, very often I think it isn't um, so you've got you know I'm, I'm sorry to say you've got great angelic forces you've got the opposite and I know you cover that quite a bit on your show yes. um, and so they they might even pretend to be uh, alien intelligences, just like at one time they were all pretending to be, you know, ascended masters and bodhisattvas a hundred years ago, uh, some of these interfering forces. You can get that. And that's just a shame. But again, I'm very confident people apply their intelligence, their logic, their open-mindedness. They will get to the truth.
0: What do you think the next step is? So we have this congressional hearing. What happens next?
1: I think the next step, I gather there are already more whistleblowers being lined up. I think they need to confirm, uh, because we have clear evidence from the witnesses, and it seems a lot of the congressmen and women, at least, were on the same page as them. But we do need the government officially now to come out and confirm some of these things. Yes, UFOs exist, and yes, some of them are uh, extraterrestrial i mean dr sean kirk patrick who, who runs the aaro the all domain i've got to keep remembering this anomalous resolution anomaly resolution office um he uh, has basically said they're looking at five percent i think he's looking at 800 sightings alongside the fact that he says he's lying awake at night worrying about extraterrestrial invasion which i don't believe by the way at all, but that's what he's saying. Um, or if he is, he's very misguided. Uh, but he's looking at these 800 people. I think there's another thing I would say here, actually, George, that isn't it strange that where governments do get involved in this, it's generally their ministries of defense. Yes. It's not the communications department or some other department or even, you know, education department. It's the Ministry of Defence. So the people who work there are programmed to be looking for hostility before they even start. Uh, And it's not ideal at all. Um, But I do think anyway, they need to come out more officially now from a higher level and also other governments. And I must say it over and over again, well done the american democracy for enabling an activity like this but it does need to go a lot further and it needs to have more high level official people coming out not after they retire like obama and clinton not just that while they're in office that's where it needs to go next
0: let's go to take some calls for you as they line up brennan's with us in kentucky east of the rockies hey brennan go ahead
2: Hi, George. Uh, I wanted to ask if he was familiar at all with uh, Captain Thomas Mantell, who on the 7th of January, 1948, was uh, in a training flight in a P-51 flying over uh, Kentucky, he and three other P-51 pilots, and the um, uh, air traffic controllers down at Fort Knox dispatched them to go and give chase to a UFO that was flying over Kentucky. And it's uh, an interesting case, but eventually the first three had to turn back. They had run low on fuel, but Mantel still gave chase, and he ended up crashing and dying. But there were hundreds of holes on his aircraft, and somehow the aluminum became magnetized. And so in the process of trying to do a book on this topic, I've interviewed one of the first rescuers, but his body was found decapitated. Wow. And I was wondering if you knew anything about that story.
0: It's an incredible case, Richard. Did you ever hear about it?
1: Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, I certainly wouldn't claim to be anything like an expert on it. And congr- you're writing a book. I'm sure that's going to be fascinating. Uh, and that, Interestingly, isn't that just so soon after Kenneth Arnold, you know, in the first, and so soon after Roswell as well? That's right. Um but just based on, on the report that you, Brennan, you've described there, it would indicate to me that if he was, cap, cap, uh, you know, cap, decapitated, I think you said, uh, that would be probably by the government, sadly. I, I don't see that as being the – I don't know what your view on that is, but it could well be all part of the really heavy cover-up that was going on, as we just seen a few months earlier. Or maybe
0: moment. it happened when the plane crashed.
1: Yeah, that too. It um, could have crashed by accident. and It could have been a deliberate move because they were actively lying and covering up in 1948, weren't they?
0: Brennan, when your book's done, give us a call. You uh, might make a great guest on the program. Where do people get your books
1: that were written
0: several years ago, weren't they?
1: Uh, yeah, well, the UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message came out in a new edition um, three years ago. And that's obviously on Amazon, but you can get all the information from my website, which is richardlawrence.co.uk. The other book I mentioned, Contacts with the Gods from Space, which was written with Dr. George King, late Dr. George King, who, as you well know, I believe was a genuine contactee, I knew him very, very well indeed, a personal friend as well as a great mentor to me. Uh, You get that from, again, Amazon, my website, but also from the Aetherius Society, and the website there is ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S dot org.
0: Was Dr. George King an associate first or a friend?
1: He was first a teacher because as well as being a UFO contactee, he was a master of yoga, and I was very, very into yoga practice. He was a great proponent of thing called pranayama, which I was diligently practicing when I first went to university before I had a UFO sighting, actually. So I was aware of him then. As a matter of fact, I, I this is a strange thing, so forgive me. It's a bit of an off-the-wall story, this. But I had a choice because I was also a very keen player of squash, um, the game squash, which is a bit like, I think, racquetball over there, yeah, and in indoor court. And so, I, you know, being a student, I didn't have any much money. And I remember I had a choice to make, which was to buy some of the books by Dr. King or to or to buy some gym shoes to play squash. <laughs> and I, I couldn't do both. So I, I chose the books. And this was just before I had this sighting. So when I drove out with my good friend, uh, John Holder, uh, and we're still very good friends to this day. And we both witnessed this. We had a battered-up old car. We drove out to this field. We walked across it, and um, it was actually a, a dew-laden with dew, or, or wet it was wet field. And we walked across. And I mentioned earlier, it was a cigar-shaped object. At one point, it was uh, we it disappeared from view because there was a big oak tree out there in the middle of this field. And underneath the oak tree, as it disappeared, there was a dry piece of ground. And on that dry piece of ground was a brand new pair of gym shoes, George. And it was my size.
0: How does this happen? Sorry? How does that happen?
1: Well, exactly. I mean, they, were, they weren't made on Mars. Or, you know, they were like from Dunlop or Slasinger or some make. But I picked them up and they were my size. They fitted. And then I looked up again and the UFO was visible again. So it was just a, one of those things, you know, what you might call a synchronicity, and I thought this is interesting because you know there's an old sort of saying in yoga, which is what you reject is laid at your feet, and I'd rejected these gym shoes, but in this case actually they were worn on my feet. But um, that that's, that was an interesting thing that happened there. But anyway, that's a small story. But the main thing is that I got into that, you know, there was a concurrence then between dr george king's books and ufos and so i went on and and he was as i say became a a mentor a teacher and later we became very firm i would say for the last 20 years of his life we spoke every day either on the phone or in person that close
0: west of the rockies Catherine's with us in british columbia hello kathy go ahead
3: Hi everybody. Hey Richard, there's um, a question in my mind because it it's, it always plays when somebody will not answer me. So I'm thinking, okay, by the government not answering, it, they're actually saying everything. That tells me they're hiding a lot of things. So I'm just wondering if you think that way too.
0: By not yeah, answering, I, Richard, are they hiding things?
1: Uh, they they're not. They're I think they are. Do you mean sorry and I'm sorry somehow in the line just broke right up for a second what was your name again please it was, was it C- Kathy?
0: Catherine but she's hung up
1: Oh Catherine's hung up okay yeah so are they are they hiding the information are we talking about governments here or are we talking about the extraterrestrials themselves Governments primarily Governments absolutely beyond any doubt whatsoever that's absolutely proven now you know during the uh, the the soviet period just towards the end of it, actually, when Gorbachev was in power. Uh, and I would say this would be a very, very early 90s. They had this thing, Glasnost, and they started to be open. They started not hiding things. And one of the things they didn't hide then was UFO information. And I, you're probably very familiar with this, uh, George, but it's in my book um, that they released, the full papers actually in my book, they released some documents about an incredible occurrence in a place called Voronezh in 1989 in which a craft came down in a park in front of a crowd of about 30 people and it landed and the the people were stunned and then out of the craft came a tall being and it pointed a, what appeared to be a gun at a boy in the crowd who was crying and when it did the boy completely disappeared
4: Jeez. And
1: then, then pointed the gun again, the boy reappeared, the, the intelligence, whatever it was, walked back into the craft, the craft flew off, leaving indentations in the ground, the boy is no longer crying, and that was basically the summary, I mean it's a bit more to it than that, but it's a summary of this case, I think it's about six or 800 miles from Moscow, and this suddenly was not hidden, it came out. Uh, under Gorbachev, along with a lot of other things that were coming out. But this attracted a lot of attention, of course. I brought this to the UK. I, and it was treated absolutely disgracefully by the media, I think, in the West. Um, because there, there was a government in a short period of it. It wouldn't happen now, I don't think, under Putin, but it happened then. And it was treated in the most pathetic way by the media. You almost don't need a cover-up for, for the media. I, I remember there was, there was a paper over here that in, in, in a place we call Fleet Street in London, one of the main daily newspapers here. I had some absolute evidence of a contact that Dr. King had connected to a nuclear base and I know there's been some fascinating stuff in America with nuclear bases. Oh, One sure. In Montana, for example, in the 60s. This was in the 50s. It's a place called Windscale. It's now been renamed, typical, renamed Sellafield. And there was this accident that was covered up. Dr. King published stuff. Years later, it was proved correct, 30 years later. Uh, so we're in the 80s. I went along and talked to the editorial board, the associate editor and some of his team, in 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 a meeting i said look i've got absolute clear-cut proof here of this case and they looked at it and i'll never forget the associate editor turned to me almost beseechingly and said was one of the most honest journalists i've ever met actually because this is what he said he said richard what do you want from us what on earth can we do we aren't here to tell the truth we're here to tell the truth our readers want to read.
0: Interesting and technology.
1: I, I, yeah, that's a very strangely honest thing, and but, you know, very unsatisfactory. Uh, but there you are. I mean, and I've had many other cases with the media. So my point being, sometimes you don't need government cover-ups. The cynicism of the media is enough. Not, I've got to say, the great coast-to-coast AM, though, with George Norrie, because that you, you're trailblazers.
0: Richard, we're going to come back and take final calls with you in just a moment, right here on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to our final segment here, George Norrie with Richard Lawrence. Richard, would you call the three who testified before Congress whistleblowers?
1: I think I would. Yeah. I mean, they they were taking some risks, I think. They were careful not to break the law, but they certainly got the disapproval of their senior officers and uh they're still you know well certainly david grush is still there working so yeah what else could davy call george
0: and didn't grush say that his life was threatened
1: he did and he even seemed to, to suggest well when he was asked whether anyone had been killed uh who was a, a witness he he refused to answer and that's where you know said these things need to be discussed i think they call it shift in, in some secret committee some secret uh operation uh, the public can't know. So, yeah, he did. And he and he kind of intimated his wife had been affected as well and that he knew of other cases. This is, of course, denied, but then it would be denied.
0: All right. Let's go to Rob in California. Welcome to the program. Hey, Robbie, go ahead.
2: Hi, George. Thank you. First time caller. Pretty excited. Thank you. Thank you. Um, question for you. How could you say these vehicles are extraterrestrial when we don't even know where they're from? On top of that, when you hear the government refer to them being not ter- extraterrestrial, I'm thinking that they're trying to say these are terrestrial beings that live on this planet. And why wouldn't they not want to be with us humans since we're always at war, away. we'd want their technology. They don't fly in the sky like we do. They have a different type of technology, but it isn't magic.
1: And I can't say it's extraterrestrial
2: because it's in our
1: eyes in front of us. Hi, Rob. Well, you you don't have to take it from me at all. Um, Commander Fravor, who is very experienced, has absolutely no uh, axe to grind at all in this, uh, was very clear that um, nobody on Earth, no government on Earth, uh, and his experience and knowledge has this capability of the craft that he has witnessed and the other military personnel have witnessed. They have the capability to travel through different medium, uh, media, in other words, through water, through air, through space. They have the capacity to accelerate from zero to vast velocities at a speed no craft on Earth could possibly duplicate. Uh, They're tracked on radar, they're filmed, they're identified, they have supernormal powers. I mentioned earlier they can disarm uh, our craft. Uh, There are, I mentioned a Russian case where they have capabilities to cause invisibility even in a human being and at the same time remaining always peaceful. So that's the opinion of witnesses certainly my view and there's nothing strange about it at all and i think you were you were also going on to say that they wouldn't want to come here because we're so war, warlike i think i may have got you wrong but i think that's what you were saying and i would agree i'm sure they the last thing they want to do is kind of live on earth but um maybe they have an interest in us obviously and one has to go really not by what we think they might do what they would do but what they do do And that's appear throughout history. And with our modern technology, they're very, very identifiable. They're not unidentified, actually. They're identified. They're IFOs, really. And it all leads us to look into who they are and what is their message. What is the extraterrestrial message?
0: Well said. Well said, Richard.
1: Thank you, George.
0: You've been at this for a long, long time, my friend. What's next for you?
1: I have. I don't know whether it's longer than you or not, George, but certainly since the 70s, when I was at university onwards, um, I've, I've been on this, and I've seen a massive change. I mean, let, on the plus side, certainly in Britain and in America. but I mean, I remember going over, actually, and talking at MUFON meetings and being in touch with MUFON over there in the 80s and then going back. Uh, in, in the 2000s when, when the book fir- my book first came out. It's a new edition now. And there's been a massive change within the movement as well, actually. And, and there were some MUFON um, organizers in certain parts who were very honest about that with me and said, look, you know, we, I personally, they said to me, I personally don't particularly like the spiritual aspect of this topic. But I do acknowledge and we acknowledge it's part of the UFO movement now whether I like it or not, and therefore we want to hear about it. And that's a a very open-minded approach, whereas at one time, as I'm sure you'll remember, it was either your nuts and bolts or your spiritual. And I've always been on the spiritual end of things, but I'm also interested in the technical side that came out in the hearing. Um, I think where we go from here is I just see it as my job, to make the information available as widely as I can on, on great shows like this one. I'm doing a lot over here, a lot of television. People can catch a lot of it on on my website, and they've set up a TikTok channel. I don't know whether TikTok is really approved in America too much for everyone. But uh, anyway, I've got a team here, and they've done a great job, and have got a channel on TikTok for those who are on TikTok. And just getting it out, not converting anybody at all, not convincing anyone of any particular thing, but just sharing the knowledge. And now we have a climate where the stigma is going and where the media are changing. Uh, There's some progress to be made on that front in Britain, but I've had extremely open interviews here in the last few weeks, far better than I would have had 30 years ago for example. That's a
0: good point. Olivia is with us in the state of Maine east of the Rockies. Hello Olivia. Hi. Go ahead dear.
3: Um, so I think in this time of speaking answers uh, to me at least it comes down to sovereignty and how close we put ourselves to source to quote the law of one everything is a logo to the logo I so when we're receiving this knowledge We receive it in the way we can perceive it. There are things playing roles in this evolutionary experience of what I call the solar individuals, like aliens, the government, etc. There's no absolute to consciousness, only the individuals. And I'm not saying that none of this is real, because everything comes from nothing, and nothing matters, and eventually holds density. And it could be tricky to manifest these answers uh, into being. I believe that we're the craft um you know uh these these things run as above so below
0: a little esoteric there richard what do you think
1: yeah very philosophical olivia thank you for that um yeah i i do think though i'll pick up on one point that a lot of it has to do with uh evolution i'd agree with you there or one might call it consciousness advancement, or whatever phrase one wants to use, as to how open one really is to truth. I mean, I did do one interview not too long ago over here, uh, and one of the interviewers, one of them was great, someone I've known for some while, and the other one was on the cynical end of things. And she said, you know, I'm only interested in facts. And so I pointed out the star of Bethlehem couldn't have been a star. And she said, well, that was a miracle. So, you know, as a miracle of fact, I actually think I said it to her, well, it actually could be both. Um, It is about consciousness. So I'd agree with Olivia to that extent that, you know, it's how open minded we truly are, how much we're really pursuing truth, whatever, despite the dogma. And you get dogmas in religion and you get dogmas in science, too. If we can rid ourselves of those dogmas and just really look for the truth, we won't find much difference between science and religion at all.
0: Good point. Frank in Hollywood, Maryland, take it away, Franco.
4: I have to ask a question before I can ask my question. From what you know of radar and invisibility, uh, does a craft have to be made of metal before it can be detected? And invisibility, you can't see something that's invisible, but can you feel it? Like, could you bump into a ship that you couldn't see? And I have a comment. We have more sightings than ever before, and I believe that these uh, extraterrestrials are scouting us, and they're going to keep us from using our nuclear weapons because they've the testing has opened up a, a portal. That's why they some of them came here. So the questions on invisibility and and radar uh, does it have to be made of metal before it can be detected
0: i don't think so what radar works it transmits a almost like a pulse of microwave energy out there that bounces off objects i don't think it has to be metal richard do you
1: no uh, and i think it brings up one of the points and the great points there frank thank you for that Um, about invisibility, too. That's right up my street, actually. It's very interesting. But uh, George has answered the radar point, except I will say one thing that has come out from the UAP recent revelations is that they have a thing called signature management. So they can manage. They have the capacity to manage radar responses. They can be detected, it seems, if they want to be and not if they don't want to be. They can control that. And they also have control, as I mentioned earlier, over gravity. Uh, they can absolutely control gravity in a number of ways. And, and, and do, in, in the context with the Gods from Space, a book written by Dr. King and myself, um, they, they, it, it's actually explained, even then, that was pu- first published in 1996, how that could be done before these revelations, actually. But coming to your invisibility point as well, I mean, that's key, isn't it? And could, could, some, could we detect something which is invisible to us, absolutely yes. It's happening all the time. I know George covers this a lot. It's something I've covered a lot. The first book I wrote was called Unlock Your Psychic Powers. And you can touch, psychically touch something that's invisible. Uh, Many people do it. Many people who would say they aren't psychic at all can feel a presence, uh, almost like bump into a presence. People have reported that. And you can use the various physical senses uh, at a higher level, you might say a higher frequency, to, depe- to, 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 to detect vision, to detect smell, to detect um, you know, sound, and so on, that you can't, is invisible in those spectra. So, yes, it is possible to do that. And this isn't restricted to extraterrestrials, by the way. This is something that can apply very much on this Earth and in daily life. There's some amazing reports. And I'm sure that many of them are given over coast to coast and people who there are a lot of phone ins here and people phone up who, who are, as I say, not psychic. They would say they're not psychic, but particularly with a departed loved one or something like this, they are having real tangible experiences beyond the purely physical.
0: Let's go to Dory in North Carolina. Hello, Dory. Go ahead.
5: Hi. Uh, I have a few statements and a couple questions. Uh, I, uh, I've i been uh, visited for 58 years uh, with implants uh, on me, and I found out in 2000. Um, and uh, I recently got a, a message that the reason they're doing this is to gather cells and stuff to clone us, to put us on like an arc so when the Earth does have its catastrophe, they can repopulate the earth. So I started researching, and I found this Raelian religion, where this um, French driver, Claude Von Hor, which he called himself Rayl, uh, and he said he was taken to their planet, and he came back. And he says, love is the answer, and but everybody's free, and uh, you can have intercourse with anybody, any way or not at all. It's really weird.
0: Well, that is weird. we only got about a minute left. Then, What do you think of the possibility that they're hybriding and they're just using us as a cattle farm, Richard?
1: I I, um, I don't believe it myself. I respect other people. I've met Rail in a TV studio sitting on a throne in a silver suit when I met him. And I, I'm aware of his views. He's in, fully entitled to them and he has followers. Uh, it's not not all of them. I'm not saying I don't agree with any, all of them, but not that particular idea. Um, actually, no, I think they wouldn't interfere with us in that way. And that's what all these witnesses, these whistleblowers seem to be saying, too.
0: Richard, take a bit, uh, 30 seconds or so. Tell us where we can get your books and about your website.
1: So my website is richardlawrence.co.uk, and you'll find a TikTok link there if you're on TikTok as well. Uh, The Aetherius Society, of which I've been secretary for over 40 years over here in Europe now, that's uh, at Aetherius, dot org, And there are a lot of uh, headquarters and branches and groups of that in America and Canada, where I know you're broadcasting, as well as other parts of the world, too. And do get in touch with us. If I can answer any of your questions you haven't been able to get over on the show, uh, just contact me, Richard at richardlawrence.co.uk.
0: Richard, would love you have as a guest. Stay in touch with us. If anything breaks, jump back on, would you?
1: I'd love to. Thank you so much, George, and thanks for all you're doing as well.
0: Richard Lawrence, uh, he just does a great job. Let me give you the title of a couple of his books, UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message, and the other is Contact with the Gods from Space that he did with uh, Dr. George King many years ago as well. For Dan Galante... Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean LaDesour, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burroughs, Tim Banal, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett. I'm George Norris. Somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM, we'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.